NBT. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Can we stand for the reading of God's holy word? Thank you. We're going to read from Psalms 6 to 7, 1 through 7. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth. You're saving power among all nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the people with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Praise the Lord. All right. Great is the Lord. Great and worthy to be praised. I'm so glad to see you here today. We have a really exciting service for you planned out, and um, we're going we're gonna to be celebrating some people. But let me tell you the objective of today. The objective of today is to remind us why we meet here, why we congregate as a church, why we come together on Sundays to celebrate this King. Uh, we're going to be speaking from Psalm 67, and uh, you can open up your Bibles to there. But one of the things that we want to do here at NBT is we want to celebrate the achievements of others. We want to see what others do and celebrate it. Not just kind of leave it in a corner and leave it quiet off. We want to celebrate it. So there's two classes that are graduating uh, today. There's two classes. There's one class, and you're, not, you're, you're going to hardly believe this. It's called Urbicat. Somebody say Urbicat. Urbicat. It's our Urban Academy. It's our three-year college course. We have that in NBT. Like, you, just in case you go, wow, this six-week course is not enough. Okay, we got one for three years, right? And it's, it's like a bachelor's level course. It's actually a pastoral compendium. Uh, it's how we were trained as pastors. And um, we, we took Urbicat, Urban Academy. It's the, the seminary comes to you. And so we, we found it such a great blessing that we decided we wanted to bless the people in this church, those who are rising up as leaders, and we wanted to bless them as well. So what we did was we, we created the course here for the people here. And so if you can go through the three-year course, you can graduate. And so we have some graduates from that class. And um, one of the things that I want to do, and what, we really need to just celebrate in a huge way. There was a person who came, who's, all right, who might be one of the busiest people in the world, right? He's um, the youth pastor at his church. He doesn't attend this church. He's a friend of this church, and his church, you know, we're friends, uh, uh, Grace Baptist, we're friends with Grace Baptist. We love their leadership. God is really gracious in what he's done over there and is what he's doing here. But he is uber busy. If you're busy, he's more busy than you. Like, that's how busy he is. I, I've met very few people who are busier than me. He's busier than me. I mean, he's always off going somewhere. He carved out, not for a week, not for a month, but for three years, close to three years, like two years and change. Um, 
he carved out uh, every week two hours to teach this class. Not only to teach it, but you know, if you're a teacher and you've ever done any teaching, you have to go over this stuff yourself and prepare yourself to teach. So not just the two hours of teaching, but the actual preparation, the time that it took to get here, and all that other stuff. So we're going to give a ridiculous Bruce Springsteen-like ovation to the teacher who's been teaching our people. Not, he's not from this church. He's from another church. He's just blessing this church as just an, a, a, a sacrifice offering to the Lord. We're going to give him the most ridiculous Jay-Z applause that anybody has ever heard in this place, all right? His name is Will Mahoney, and we would like to welcome Will Mahoney. <laughs> Woo! Yeah! That's right, that's right, yeah, that's good. Amen. Mm -hmm. Woo! Yeah! All right. <laughs> Thank you, man. Good to see you, bro. You look great. Thank you. Three years, they came in here for, uh, they came in for about, oh gosh, seven weeks. Um, but it's our 101 class. Let me explain to you what happens in our 101 class. Our, we have a, a class system here. It's 101, 201, 301, 401. Somebody say that. 101, 201, 301, 401. It's our simple class system to help you grow and mature. All, uh, 101 is all about membership, 201 is all about maturing, 301 is all about ministry, 401 is all about evangelism or sharing your faith. Um, we'll figure out another M for that one. Um, but the, the point is this, is that these guys are brand new babes in the Lord. They said, you know, I just want to know more about Jesus. I want to know more about uh, discovering who God is. And, uh, and so I teach the class. I'm just absolutely overjoyed over this group of people. And so, uh, with no further ado, and we're going to do this pretty quickly because I've got to start uh, this talk in a minute. Um, the, uh, and I just love, I, I, I have a lot to say about each one of these people. I'm just going to read their names because they're just so precious to me. Um, it's wonderful when you're in a class together, and I just love them. So, uh, uh, Andreas Ruiz. Valentina Cabaz, Valentina Santiago, Ronald Rivera, Maria Rivera, and Ronald and Maria. Very proud of you. Love it. Love it. Um, and jo is Joey here? Joey. Joey. Claudio's going to come up for his son, Joey. Joey is Claudio's son. He's like 13 years old. He came up. Now, what we're going to watch this. Now, I, let me just give them a little bit of instruction. But while I'm instructing them, you listen in, okay? Now, watch this. What you've gotten is you've gotten your certificates for 101, and you know all about the membership covenant. You know about protecting the unity of the church. You know all about um, serving in the church. You've heard about um, 
how you can participate in the life of the church, I want to give you permission to get involved and start serving and loving and being part of this vibrant community of believers. And I tell you, there's going to be obstacles and things like that, but I just need you to continue to persevere. Also, I want to commission you. If you hear anyone gossiping about anyone in this church, you have my permission to stop them and tell them that we don't tolerate that here, that we're going to love each other here, and that if they do have something to confront with their brother or sister, that we can all walk to them together and, and confront them in love. But I want you to protect the unity of this church. I want you to remind yourselves that God is doing something beautiful, and it's, and it's protected because we are seeking after the face and the glory of God, and we're pursuing Jesus. So we're going we're gonna to pray for you guys. And then, Father, we thank you so much for this uh, graduating class. And oh, man, Lord, it was so beautiful to see the Herbicad graduates. And Lord, I pray that this would give us a desire, a, a longing to, to, to learn for ourselves, to grow ourselves. So, Lord, I just I, I praise you. I celebrate you. I thank you for being such a gracious and holy God. Help us, oh, God. To help these people to, to be a vibrant part of this community. Help them to share your uh, love and your word and your truth and your holiness. Give them, oh God, the ministry of reconciliation in all areas of their lives. Father, help, help them to glorify you. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Congratulations, guys. All right. All right. Everybody, say this with me. Share, help, equip. Share, help, equip. Share, help, equip. Share, help, equip. Now clap. Share, help, equip. Everyone, share, help, equip. Share, help, equip. Share, help, equip. Share, help, equip. One more time. Share, help, equip. That is what we are all about in this church. We are all about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, helping those who, uh, um, who are struggling and hurting from food pantries to soup kitchens to rehabs and detoxes, from homeless to... We, we help those in the name of Jesus. And we equip, we equip, just like what you've just seen, we equip others for the ministry and Jesus Christ so that they can be better husbands to their wives, better wives to their husbands, better parents to their children, better worshipers of this infinite God, Jesus Christ. And so it's all about, today's all going to be about who we are and what we do. That's where share, help, equip. There's an interesting um, actually, before I go on, I feel the need to pray. So we're going to pray right now. And before we do, let's just read God's word one more time so we could be reminded about where we're going today. And then we'll pray, and then we'll dive right into the word. God's word reads, May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Now let's all read from verse 4 and following together. 
One, two, three. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you. O God, let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear Him. Let's pray. Father, You are a gracious and holy God, one who blesses us with the purpose of being a blessing. So Lord, I pray that You would move in a powerful way throughout this uh, community time and that we would hear Your Word in such a way that it it would ignite a fire in our hearts to be the church. Oh Lord, may we... May we stop coming to church and may we commit ourselves to being the church. We thank you for this time, O oh God. We thank you for what you're doing in and through our hearts. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Peculiar thing. In my culture, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. Um, do, I know that's a shock to some of y'all. Um, and so, uh, and so uh, I'm Puerto Rican. And in my culture, when I grew up, and, and I found this out, this wasn't just in my household, this is all across the board. Whenever you met an older person, uh, especially a mom, a dad, a grandmother, a grandfather, uh, an aunt or an uncle, there was a specific word you would say as soon as you would meet them. Anybody know what that is? Bendición. Every time. Hey, ma, bendición. When you would leave, you would say, bendición. Bendición is the Spanish word for blessing. It's a beautiful tradition within the Spanish community. You walk in and it's gorgeous. You go, bless me. And then you walk out and you go, bless me. It's so powerful. And, and every time I would do this with my mom, and I would do it with my mom, she would go, uh, I would say, bendición. She would say, may God shine his face upon you. May he... She would say something similar to the first verse we read May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. She would say, may he protect you and guide you. May he give you uh, traveling mercies. She would just kind of rattle off these Spanish words and just say, you know, uh, you know may, his, may his face look upon you. It was a precious moment. And when you left, she would pray for traveling mercies. and Bendición, bendición. It's a precious tradition within the... Spanish community. If you never grew up in that, even if you have no recollection of that, if you have no history of that, isn't it true that you want the people who have authority over you and the people who love you to to pour a blessing over you, to pour a blessing in your life? If you're a if you're a worker and you want your boss to pour blessing on you. Wouldn't it be great? Isn't it true that you want your boss to say, we believe in you, we know you're going to accomplish this goal, and we trust that it's going to be great, and our whole department is going to be incredibly blessed because of the work that you do. Isn't it true that as as an employee, you want that? Or if you're a student, isn't it true that you want your your teacher to say, you know what, this is going to be the best academic year that you've ever had? You are going to soar in ways that you've never thought possible. You will be a great student. 
Or if you're a, if you're a, 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 a child, isn't it true that you want your parents to say, I really believe in you. You're going to be something else. You're going to stand on my shoulders. You're going to be better than me. Smarter than me. Stronger than me. Some of us, uh, some of our most painful moments is never having heard that from our pop. Or never having heard that from our mom. You're going to be great. If if you find yourself uh, as a parent, you want to hear your children say, you know what, mom? You know what, dad? I know that, you know, you correcting me and telling me, I think that our family is going to be better off with the discipline that you give. I don't agree with you now, but I know that I'll be blessed because I trust that God has put you in that position and that God is leading you. Everybody wants a blessing. Everybody wants to. I remember one time, this is so strong within my culture, is that my, uh, and this is funny, I wasn't there, but my sister told it to me. I could just picture my mom's saying this. Uh, my, my, my sister and my mom had a real argument. Not, not like any of y'all. Y'all never argue with your parents, but my family, occasionally we do. And um, so she I had a real, you know, just a real bad argument that was just like really mean things said and all that jazz. And uh, my sister, out of habit, opened the door and said, Bendition. Uh, and she goes, may God's face shine upon you. May you be well. You know, and she was like, you know, I could just sort of see that whole thing. It was that ingrained. But even though they had a, 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 a tough uh, moment together, there was a, a moment of blessing. God knows we need this. God knows that we need on occasion. We just need to be, I'm not talking about um, in some uh, ritualistic religious way where there's one professional who pours, you know, an incantation over you. I'm not saying that, but we all need a blessing. The interesting thing is that God gives blessing. And he gives blessing to the degree, um, or, or rather to the extent that he wants you to be a blessing. Anybody here can play an instrument? If you can play an instrument, go ahead and raise your hand. Okay, so we have some of you guys who can play your instrument. Put your hands up. Anybody here who can sing or at least likes to sing? Go ahead, put it up. Okay, great. Put it down. Some of you I don't agree with, but that's okay. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Anybody here, um, you just... You just really love listening to other people share their struggles, and you just love crying with people. You go to the hospital, you visit people. You love that sort of stuff. Go ahead, put your hand up. Okay, look at this. This is amazing. Okay. Anybody here love to be of service, like love to help? Like it's just like, you know, you get into service and you're like a service junkie. You just love to do it. Go ahead and raise your hand. Anybody? Go ahead. Okay, watch this. God has never given you a blessing for you. It's never been that way. If you, How many people have, and it doesn't have to be a whole lot, maybe two or three dollars, but how many people have money in a bank? Go ahead, raise your hand. Okay, watch this. This is going to get sensitive in a second. I, I figured I'd wait till you get used to putting your hand up before I ask that one. Watch this. God hasn't, listen to me, 
God has never given you more food than you could eat so that you could throw it away. God has never given you a gift or an ability, a talent or an opportunity for you. It just hasn't happened. You got a nice house? You got a a warm place to live? God has never, ever, ever given you that for you. He's always given it so that you might be a blessing. Listen to these words in Psalm chapter 67. I love this because it's so powerful. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Look up at me. This is an interesting verse because it's taken from Numbers chapter 6 verses 24 through 27. It's an uh, it, it's the Aaron or priestly blessing that God gave Aaron. After, uh, what would happen is that the Jewish people would meet at one of their festivals or one of their congregations. And at the end of the festival, Aaron would sort of raise his hand as a representative and he would say, May God bless you. And may his face shine. In other words, his favor like, you know, when we say, may God's face shine upon you, may, may, may his, his favor shine upon you. And, and Aaron was given this as a reminder to all the people that God desires to bless. That it's God's desire to give. Now, the nightmare is, of course, is we've taken this beautiful principle and we've destroyed it here in America. The reason you're not healthy, the reason God hasn't healed you, the reason that you are not, is because you don't have enough faith, because otherwise God would have blessed you. The reason that you don't have enough money or drive a Cadillac or a Mercedes for that matter, is because, listen to me, listen to me, God has, everybody knows that blessings are for you to get fat and lazy and big off of. Everybody knows that blessings are just for you. Listen to what the Bible says. May God be gracious, this beautiful priestly blessing. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Why? Why would God want that for us? Verse 2. That your way may be known on earth. Your saving power. Listen to this. You're saving power among all nations. Wait, 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 God. Are you saying that you want to bless us so we can give away blessing? Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that you're going to pour tons of money into my life so I can give it away? Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that you're going to give me a spacious home so I could provide maybe some help to others? Maybe invite others home and be a blessing to them? Are you saying, God, that you are going to bless me so that I might be a blessing? Mm -hmm. God blesses you with a healthy marriage so you can be an example and a blessing to other marriages that are struggling. This, By the way, 
if you're in the Lord for a while and you've been married, listen to me, I'm trying to do it. I just can't do it on my own. I'm trying to invite as many married couples over to my house, not for Bible studies. You know why I'm inviting them over to the house? Because things are caught better than taught. Isn't it true? That if you see the way I uh, react towards my wife, that there'll be an appealing thing about that rather than me lecturing about it. I could lecture about how to be a husband for five weeks and it won't be nearly as powerful as you see me interacting with my wife. You see my wife interact with me. Why? Because God didn't, not so that we could all be in a ball, my family, and oh, isn't our family so healthy and isn't our family so right and isn't our family so good? That's done so that I might be a blessing to someone else. You don't have a day clean without God intending you to bless someone else with what you already know. God has given us a call. He blesses us so that we might be a blessing. It's wonderful because Aaron was given this um, call while they were still in the desert. Anybody know the story? Israel was um, freed from Egyptian rule for over, uh, they, they had over 400 years of Egyptian rule. They were slaves. They, you know, they were in bondage. And what happened was, is that God freed them in a miraculous way. It was absolutely extraordinary. And then God would, this was amazing to me. God would give them this thing. To, they, they, were, they, they were out in the, um, uh, in the, in the desert for, uh, for 40 years. And the way God fed them in the desert, you're going to love this. It was a barren land. The way God fed them is he had this thing called manna come from heaven. If you think of um, frosted flakes without the sugar, you know, little tiny little frosted flakes without the sugar and without the, you know, the, you know. so you could, you could get it all together. You would collect enough for your family and then you would crush it and then you can make cake or bread out of it and all that other stuff. This is what was so interesting. God said, don't take more than what you need for the day. It was, it was odd. Why would you? Like, all right, I, I, when my family and I do shopping, we do shopping for like, because we don't have a car, we do shopping for as long as we can, as much as we can afford. Sometimes it's two months, sometimes it's three months, but we like, you know, we spend a ton of money and we go to those bulk buying places so that we, because we got a family of six and, you know, we, we not only got a family of six, but we invite a lot of people over so we need to, you know, make room for that and all that other stuff. And so I always wondered why God would not allow. It's, you know what happens when you have a lot of stuff and it, you know what would happen? The very next day, it would rot. It would rot. That God would give a blessing. Think about this. This is fascinating. That God would give a blessing. And that that blessing, if it was too much, and you kept it, and you were full, and then to overflowing, God would allow it to rot. And that's, in fact, what they did. They tried to take it for more than one day. And you know what it would start to do? It would start to stink. It would start to smell. It would start to... This has got mild application. When God gives a gift, when God gives a blessing, it's not meant for yourself. It's meant for you to share with your family, with your, ch- your church community, with the people on your block, with, the, with, the, with those that you go to work with. Because if you don't, listen to me, it rots. 
it's, it starts to, there's something funky about it. Nothing, nothing, more, nothing more discouraging to me than to see a person in recovery who doesn't have time to buy, a person who has almost no clean time, a cup of coffee and a 20-minute, you know. You're too busy for that. Really? Nothing more discouraging than in this place when we go, the kingdom of God is being affected. We have hundreds. Alec, Jay, shoot out a number. What was, how many people did we have here yesterday on Saturday? How many? 350 people getting fed bags of food. This place this little itty bitty church. There's not 350 people in this building. But watch our, why? God has filled up our storehouses. Why? We don't let it rot. We don't let it rot. We could very easily do what, I mean, some disgusting things what other churches do, just make a roll call within their church. And they only feed about 50 people and that's all they got in their church. Because God lets it rot. This church is all about sharing, helping, equipping. We are blessed to be a blessing. It was never meant for you. Remember one time, I can only tell you stories about me because it's just, one time, um, uh, some of you were here um, at that time. We were the lighthouse back then and we were back in North Six and somebody, I'm just not big on like buying myself stuff. It's tough. It's, it's easy for me to buy stuff for others. It's tough for me to buy stuff for myself. It's just that way. I, I don't know. So, um, the, the, the congregation, it was like 40, 50 of us, they got together and they bought me a pair of really nice um, Nikes, like uh, basketball sneaker Nikes, right? And uh, that day, that day, two things happened. Um, uh, a guy came and he had a, a, what we thought was a girl. It was a little boy, but the boy's hair hadn't been cut for so long that it was so long that we thought it was a girl. Um, he had, the little boy had bugs in his hair and uh, lice Um, It was, the guy was strung out on heroin, could not get clean, walking around copping with this three-year-old kid in in a stroller that he probably picked up from the street. And he came in and we just looked at him and what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Let me tell you what we did. We saw the situation and said, we gotta get this guy clean, we can't let him leave here. So we Showed some practical love. You know what he came in there asking for? Shoes. He wasn't going to listen to anybody until he got himself a pair of shoes. I said, well, I don't have any shoes, but I can trade you. And so he had these sneakers that flapped. And I walked home in those sneakers. And he got the shoes. Better than that, there was a person in the church who said, can we take care of your kid? Can we watch over him? You look like you're in a bad way. We'll send you to detox. We'll help you out. We'll do the best we can. He said, well, you know, gave me a nice pair of sneakers. Why not? I trust you guys. It's been about six years. That little boy is doing fantastic in school. He's still being taken care of by that couple who was from our church. He has a new lease on life. The parents actually had to give up um, custody because they just wouldn't get clean. We sent them to detox several times. We helped, we blessed, we loved, we hugged. That little boy will not have to pick up. That little boy 
can get a chance to be free. If just someone would give up their shoes. If just someone would give up their comfort level. If just someone would say, I'll watch. I think the Lord is leading me to watch this boy for a couple of weeks and then find out God had a little longer plan in mind. God never blesses us to hoard it for ourselves. God never blesses you so that you could keep it to yourself. He only blesses you to be a blessing. That your way may be known on the earth so that everyone who would hear about what God is doing would be attracted to God. That there would be a desire for God. They would Listen. There's maybe one or two of you here who just strolled in because you were just like, you know, let me ask you something. How many of you are here because someone either blessed you or invited you to come here. Just go ahead and shoot your hand up. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. Look at this. Just keep them up for a second. Just keep them up for a second. Just, just hold them up. Just hold them up. You were blessed because someone was being a blessing. Keep them up, keep them up. You were blessed because someone was being a blessing. You were blessed because someone said, I know Jesus. Or, I don't know Jesus, but there's a crazy church that I think you could, you know, get involved with, right? Listen, listen. Put your hands down. We're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. God hasn't given you all that you have. Think of where you come from. Think of where you've been. Do you really think that apartment is for you? we we got saved, my wife and I, we got saved, and we just didn't know what to do. We had this little itty-bitty apartment that, honestly, the whole apartment could fit on this stage. And that was the bedroom, the dining room. The, 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 my little room, I had a little room, right? If you wanted privacy in that room, you would open the bathroom door, and some of you remember this, 215 Joff Street, and the bathroom door would open in such a way that it would cover, because that's how close and tight everything was, right? And so the bathroom door would open, and then, you know, it would kind of close the other door, right? And we didn't know, I didn't know the Bible, I didn't know anything, you know, all I knew, all I knew is that God did not save me. So I could keep all of this salvation to myself. So we picked up people from the streets. And we let them stay in our home. And some of the guys are still here. We just, I'm not stupid. I I put my daughters in bed with my wife. I slept on the floor with them. And we just, just try to love them. And some of them are still here today. Some of them. Some of them are ushering. Some of them would graduate Urbicad. Some of them... Because we're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. You can't keep it to yourself. You can't keep it to yourself. The rest of the verse reads this, and this is just great. Because when we... Listen to me. When the church of Jesus Christ doesn't hold in the message of Jesus Christ, but shares it with everyone. When the church of Jesus Christ does this, this is what happens. Verse 3, 
Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the, let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the people with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. In other words, there's a joy. There's a joy. Um, a few years ago, true story, a few years ago, we had a blackout. Anybody remember the blackout? That was like multiple state blackout. Uh, right? It was like, you know, it's like from here to Florida, just like everything bah, 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 went out. Um, so we had this blackout and we had nothing. God sovereignly, it was my day off, but God sovereignly made sure that I was at the church. He sovereignly made sure that Jay was at the church. He sovereignly made sure that Liz, Jay's wife, was here. I was here with my, uh, I think it was two daughters. At the, maybe it was three. Um, uh, and and the, all the lights went out. And you know what we did immediately? Immediately we just had a Bible study. Because there was no train you could take. There was no bus you could take. There was no, I mean, you couldn't do a blessed thing. And so we had a Bible study. And then you know what we did? We opened the window. We opened the curtain on the window. And I'm not kidding. Right in front of here. 15, 20,000 people. Like, I mean, streets were packed. Sidewalks were packed. People were walking off the Brooklyn Bridge just walking to their house. What can we do? We don't have any cars. We don't have any. I remember Raymond calling me. And he's saying, Edwin, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I was reading this book called Seizing Your Divine Moment. And I felt very prophetic that moment. I said, we are going to seize our divine moment. It was cool. It was like one of the coolest things I ever said in my whole life. That was awesome. You know what we did? This is what we had. We had chairs. We had toilets, we had water. That's all we had. We had running water, we had toilets, and we had chairs. So we flung open the doors. And I remember Jay, I just, I will never forget how God used Jay. Free, he was out there screaming at the top of his voice. Why? Because we couldn't let what we had rot. He was like, free water, free chairs. Free bathrooms. Free Jesus. Over and over and over again. It was spectacular. It was amazing. We must have served over 2,000 people that day. Watch this. We did it because we were blessed to be a blessing. Something happened that day. And I'm just going gonna, gonna to point something out. I love pointing this part out. There was a guy who came in, right, who's a doctor of engineering. How many know that we don't get a whole lot of doctors of engineering in this church, right? Some of y'all are doctors of other stuff, but it ain't an engineering. Doctors of sin and all that jazz. But watch this. We got a doctor of engineering, and, I, and I talk, we, we talked. And he came in, and it was crazy because he said it was a real, it was a, and just amazing thing. I don't have enough time to tell you all the amazing things that happened. But one of the things that happened is he came, he goes, can I help? <laughs> yeah. There was like four of us tending to about 2,000, I mean, thousands of people pouring in and out, some just to use the bathrooms, others to sit down, others to take a nap. I had to stop a young couple from making out. I was like, dude, it's church. Can you please? Like, no kidding. Like, little young people, right, making out. I was like, look, it's the apocalypse. Surely you could, you could like, you know, uh, repent at church. Gosh. Well, that wasn't this guy. This guy came in and he said, can I help? I was like, you think so? 
as I cl- unclogged this bathroom, un- you know, it was just a mess. I mean, it was, it was, let me tell you something. Service, loving others is hardly ever pretty. It's messy and nasty. And so that's what we do. He started to serve. He came back the next Sunday and he said, you know what? I think God is calling me to come to this church. And because I'm so prophetic and wise, uh, I said, no, he hasn't. Get out of here. And um, that's what I do. Because I don't want people to come from other churches because, you know, they just never, you know, if you leave another church to come to this church, you're just going to leave this church to go another church. And we're not like, you know, we're not into the whole, you know, rock star stuff. So if you come here, it's you're coming to serve. And so, you know, that's the deal. Well, he said, he came back a couple of months later. And he said, really, I think that God is in And I was thinking about it the other day. It must have been so hard for him because he was moving from one of the most God-blessed churches in America, certainly in New York, um, with one of the best speakers to hear me. And I just wept for him. After I was like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. And, um, and he, he kept on coming back. Let me tell you what happened. Um, he kept coming back. He, he said, God is really calling. I finally woke up. I said, come on in. You know the one-on-one class that you go to? You know the 201 class that you go to? You know the 301 class that you go to? You know the 401 class that you go to? Anybody here go, ha, just recently went to, through the, um, the um, creation class? Anybody went through that? Anybody? Yeah? Yeah, he developed that. You know why? Because we're blessed to be a blessing. That when we serve others, watch this. Could have never figured it. In fact, he's right here. Chris, would you stand up? Because you're amazing with that. It's just awesome. Watch this. Chris was just one of the thousands of people who were walking over the bridge. And so, watch this. There's something exciting about that. There's something wonderful about that. So I'm going to... The earth has yielded its increase. Verse, verse 6. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. And he has, hasn't he? I mean, hasn't he? God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him, be in awe of him. Absolutely be astonished by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God has graced us with a message. I want you to share that message. If you can cook, God hasn't given you that ability. He hasn't given you that ability without, the, the, without wanting to share it. I, recently, we got an unbelievable apartment, right? We, didn't, we were homeless for two years. God blessed us with an unbelievable apartment. I call it our mansion, right? And so what we do is we just invite as many people over. If we go away for a weekend, we go, you can stay. It's like a beachfront property. Honestly, I'm still amazed by it. I'm still trying to take it all in. It's, it's, I, yeah, it's amazing how God gave it to us. And how it's, we're blessed to be a blessing. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to understand that in this church we have one goal, and that is to glorify Jesus, to lift up the name of the Most High, the one who gave us the breath that we breathe, the one who gave us the salvation that we enjoy, the one who gave us all, the, all that we have. His name is Jesus. I want you, listen to me. I want you, I want you to be a blessing. Be a blessing in your homes. Be a blessing. In your communities, be a blessing. In your families, be a blessing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you something. Um, this is the mission and the vision of our church. This is what we're created to do. 
I'm going to then uh, ask, uh, after we talk about this, I'm going to ask for a testimony. Uh, she's going to share some. Linda's going to share something. And then we're going to get right into some practical ways. I want you to see this. This says, share, help, equip. This is why we exist. We share. Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. This is the first primary, most, we, we live to glorify God. And one of the ways we do it is we share Jesus Christ. And you go, oh, but I can't do that. Then let your blessing rot. Listen to me. And some of you, like you're here and you're new and you're going, you know what? I love the stories that you're sharing, but I can't stand. Oh, man, you know, you Christians, you, you know, it's fine if you love the Bible and if you love Jesus and if you love the gospel. And it's fine if you go in that way. But why do you have to bother me with it? Right? There are some of you here. Listen, why, why do you have to share it? Listen to me. In your life and in mine, None of us ever enjoy something without wanting to share it. It just doesn't happen, right? Even as my, even as my kids were young, they would eat ice cream. And the first thing that they would do, two words, try this, try it, try it. Why? Because when you get something, you want to share it. It would be inconsistent. I went to Mexico, um, oh gosh, it's got to be over a dozen years. This, man, how long ago was this? This has got to be like 15 years ago, maybe. I went to Mexico, right, um, 15 to 12 years ago. And I went by myself, right? I, I did all the research. I went as a courier. The whole trip was $500, coming, going, staying. It was just a great trip. One of the things that happened is I got to see pyramids and things like that. You know what the, the most painful part about the whole trip was? I had no one to share it with. Constantly, I kept on thinking, man, I wish my wife was here. Man, I wish my wife was here. I wanted to share it with my wife. In fact, in fact, it would have been impossible for me not to want that. And so what I did, I brought pictures, and I said, man, you should have been there. And it was, listen, why? Why do we do that? Because when we've got something beautiful, when we've got something wonderful, we need to share it. And Jesus is more than just beautiful and wonderful. He's salvation. He's the gospel. He's the very reason why we exist. He's not just something that we add onto a bunch of morals and principles. He is our all in all. He is, when, when the Bible says in this verse that your way may be known, Jesus comes and says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. What? Yeah, okay. Okay, but what are you saying? Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, let me see if I can say it again. He, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And if that disturbs you, my, I'm convinced that as a people, we're not disturbed because, oh, you mean Jesus is the only way to God? And, if, and to that I would say, yeah. yeah. Now watch this. The, I'm convinced as a people, we're not upset because God has just one way to God. That's not why we're upset. The fact is, if God would have made a million different entry points to have relationship with him, we'd all be complaining about why isn't there a million and one. 
It's not because God hasn't made sufficient way to receive the gift of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ saved from our sins and relationship to God. It's not that. It's because God won't come down on our terms. If it was a million different ways, it would still be on God's terms, wouldn't it? And we're so rebellious, we just say, you know what, it's not, listen, come, come to Jesus. But when you come to Jesus, don't just, we live to share. That's what we do. We share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help. This is also, we share, we help, we equip. Help. Creating environments that help hurting people heal. This is part of our environment that we create to help hurting people heal. So I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and said, you know what, this has been so bad. I went to church when I was a kid, got nothing out of it. I can't tell you how helpful this is to me, how useful this is to me. Man, I'm going to take this in my marriage. I'm going to take this with raising my children, whatever. We, this is one of the environments. You know another environment that we do this with? We do it on Wednesdays. At 6.30, we come in to pray for about a half hour, and then from 7 to 7.30, we hear a Bible study. Um, I'm preaching until, like, I think the second week of October, so, you know, you might want to come to that. Um, And then, listen to me, and then we break up into small groups, and we're going through now an exciting revision of our small groups, really looking at them to see if they're really helping. You would be blessed, but more than that, you would be blessed to be a blessing. It's wonderful to hear someone say, I'm hurting, and you're hurting too? And then for that person to hear you go, me too? You know what, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with trying to practice this, this area of God's word in my life. And you go, me too? How can we help each other? We help one another. This church does this in so many different ways. We feed the homeless. We have this thing called, fact, um, Pedro, stand up. Pedro's all the way in the back. He's the handsome dude in the bright shirt. Pedro runs our, our thankful Thursdays. It's once a month. Is it the first Thursday or is it the last Thursday? First Thursday of every month. You know what we do? We cook a soup kitchen. It's not like a soup kitchen, like bologna sandwich soup kitchen. It's like rice and beans and chicken. Like, what, what was that? It's a French restaurant, Pedro says. And Pedro's actually an actual chef, so he does an incredible... You know what? Why? You know, it would cost so much less if this church just made bologna sandwiches and gave out those little cartons of milk. Why does the, the church spend hundreds of dollars more? Because people matter to God. And because if we're going sh- to hel- help somebody, we're going to help them with all of our heart. We're going to give them our very best. We're not going to give them the old sneakers in the closet. We're going to give them the new Nikes. That's what we do as the body of Christ. That's what we do. There's innumerable ways. And so some of the ways we do this, help others, is just done uh, naturally in our um, communities. Um, I, I think, okay. There's two people in this church, there's more than that, but there's two people in this church who are struggling trying to lose weight. So one of the things that they do now is that they've, that they've actually joined together to help each other in their struggle. It's Tori and Bob. Now, Bob, would you stand up for a second? Now, I just want, I want you to see this. This is great. Now watch, listen to this. Tori, how much weight have you lost hanging out with Bob and doing the diet thing and all that? How many? 15 pounds, right? Listen to this. Bob, how much have you lost? 47 pounds. 47 pounds. Why? Why? 
Because as a congregation, we know that we not only share Jesus, but we help others in the name of Jesus and in the power of Jesus. I don't help you in the name of a step program. I don't help you in the name of a principle. I don't help you in the name of... I don't help you in the name of my grand old aunt. I don't help you. And I help you in the name of Jesus. And we help one another. And we pray with one another. We help each other. This is what we do in this church. Not only do we do this, we equip. Now let's read this one. Can everybody see? No, I don't think you can see this, right? Y'all are over 40, so you can't see this. Okay, so it's equipping all to reach others for Christ. That means we have classes, classes like you just saw Will's class in uh, Urbicad or the 101. Now here's the thing. 101 is starting next week. We want to equip you. 201 is starting next Sunday, right after service. 301 is starting. It's just amazing what God can do. I have this, there's this other class. Listen to me. There's this class that's starting this Tuesday coming up. Two days from now. It's called Decide for Yourself. We decided we're going to stop telling people what to believe. In this class, you're going to have to discover it for yourself. And we're going to get into God's word. As soon as you come in, you're no longer plain Jane or Susie so-and-so. You are scholars. And we all dive into the world word. I direct it. We get into the scriptures and we come up with answers. Like, can God be known outside of the Bible? That's the first question we're going to tackle. Powerful theological question. Can God be known outside of the Bible? Is God's word true? We're going to study the scriptures, go into the text, and really provoke. I'm occasionally going to be a Jehovah Witness and argue against you. I'll occasionally be a Mormon and argue against you. I'll occasionally be a Muslim and argue against you to see if you can really discover what to believe through God's word and the power. Why? Because I want to equip you. I want you to be equipped so that when you go out there and that the word would so resonate in your heart that when you share Jesus, when you, and you don't have to have all the answers, but it's good to be confident that God is with you, to know that God is true and he's real and he's powerful, to understand that God enables and strengthens and helps and equips. Listen to me. I want you to get equipped. I want you to share and I want you to help. How can you share? Number one, if you know the gospel of Jesus Christ. What's the gospel of Jesus Christ? Sin led to death. Jesus gave salvation. We surrender to Jesus. That's it. Every one of us deserves hell. I don't even know if I have to sell that to anyone here. Right? Do I even have to explain that? Every one of us deserves hell. None of us like, oh, but I'm a good person. In comparison to who? Good person, really? Really? Yeah? All of your motives are always right? Ever lie to anybody? Ever take something that didn't belong to you? Oh, but that was way back when. What, you think I forgot? We all deserve help. Me first. Thanks be to God, he provides a way out. His name is Jesus Christ. And he provides that way for each and every one of us so that we might sub submit our lives to him, that he would be our all in all. And then we live for him. We live for him. Share 
help, equip. If you know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus Christ, receive him here today. In fact, if you would take out your yellow cards. The, the yellow cards are the thing inside your bulletins. You can take them out. They have Here's the deal. I want you to fill those out as much as you feel comfortable with. But if you, if you don't know Jesus, I want you to write number one. To, I want to know Jesus. I don't know Jesus. I want to know Jesus. Write that down where it says my decision for today on the back of the card. I want to know Jesus. If you, if you know Jesus, but you need to, I, I need to get serving. I need to become a part of a ministry. Maybe it's one of the soup kitchens or the food pantry or the, or maybe it's the, uh, uh, the children's ministry downstairs. You notice how quiet it is in here when, that's because there's people in different rooms saying, I will serve you because I want to help you have a moment where you can hear from the Lord Jesus Christ through his word. Maybe you want to help in that way. Write that down. Maybe you, maybe you want to um, help in the office. Listen to me. We need office help. If you're not working, in fact, if you're not working, I'll just say, you should be volunteering for the office. If you're not, if you're not employed, you should be coming in each day into the office and, and volunteering. Yeah, but I don't know how to do computers. Surely you can answer a phone. Surely we can teach you how to file things away. Surely you can get involved. Get involved in the office. Why? Listen to me. A person called up just recently to tell us that they wanted to commit suicide. Imagine if they got a machine. Imagine that. That can't be. Maybe, maybe you want to help with the small groups. Maybe you want to, just whatever you want to help. Just say, I don't know what I, just I want to help. Whatever. Equip. Here's what I want you to, this is the big one. Because this one you're actually going to have to show up for. If you've never been to one-on-one, I want you to show up to one-on-one next week. If you've never been to two-on-one, I want you to show up to two-on-one. If you're a one-on-one flunky or dropout, I want you to show up to one-on-one or two-on-one or three-on-one or four-on-one. We've made these classes so easy that it's directly after the service. It's, if the service ends at 12.30, you have about a half hour to grab a snack, and then you, you go downstairs and you have the class. We want to equip you, and I want all of you to show up, and in fact, we have a sign-up sheet in the back. Um, uh, Artie's holding it up right now. Um, so it's that yellow sign-up sheet. Where is that going to be at the end of the service? Okay, it's going to be on that table where the vase is. Um, and I want you to sign up for this class. For this class, all you're going to need, honestly, all you're going to need is like 10 bucks to buy the book, and then you just kind of go from there. Bring your Bible, buy the book, and then we'll, we'll provide everything else from there. Um, I want you to show up for that. This church, we need to reach more people. Let me, we need to touch more lives. Do you know within five years, now it's six years, but within five years, we gave over 20,000 bags of food away. 20,000 bags of food. People have heard of Jesus from those who were um, in, in just like, you know, who their, their affections were given to the wrong thing, and then they came... And life has changed. I want you to hear this testimony. Now I'm going to come back and close. Linda is going to share her testimony with us about what God has done in her life. And then I'm going to come back up here and close. But I want you, as you're listening, I want you to say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to share? Do you want me to help? Do you want me to equip? Do you want me to do all three? How do you want me to do it? Give me a way. And you can even say, I want to, don't know how. You can write that down. We want to hear what you have to say. With that, um, let's give a warm welcome to Linda as she shares her testimony.
Thank you, Pastor Edwin. Um, I appreciate this. It's, Pastor has no idea what I'm going to say. He's just trusting that I'm going to do the right things. And I did pray that the, I mean, I prayed with tears in my eyes. I do it every time I speak. That because your lives are in my hand, I'm up here speaking before. He's trusting you in my hands. So I'm very careful what I say. Um, I come from a Muslim background. And um, growing up, I, I loved God. I loved him, I loved him, I loved him. I just didn't know how to worship him the right way. I just wasn't sure there was something missing. There was something, let me explain also that this is my experience, my personal experience, my personal views that I'm about to, that I'm sharing. So I didn't, I, th I thought there was something not right. How come the boys could do this and I can't? How come, you know, but, but the Quran says this. Well, you know, every time I ask a question, just that's the way it is. Don't ask questions. Okay. Growing up, when I was about 16, I ran away from home. It was not a very happy home life. And I didn't run away to do horrible things. I wasn't that type of girl, but, you know. But a friend of mine knew that, so she got me so that I wouldn't be running the streets or be fall prey to someone, something. Um, she put me with this Pentecostal family, a Mexican Pentecostal family, where hardly anyone spoke English, just a few members. Um, they would go to church almost every day, every night. So I would go with them, and I, would, I didn't understand. But they would talk to me about Jesus and love and all this, and I didn't, I didn't understand it, but I was wondering why they're always so happy. They're smiling all the time. They're just walking from room to room, still smiling, 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 smiling in everything that they do. And they kept talking about this love that I didn't understand. Love. Real love. Love of God. Love of Jesus. Um, when I got older, I had left. I, they found me. I came back home. Um, the only thing anybody wanted to find out was if I was still a good girl. It's very important for me to be a good girl you know, to be untainted. Um, I left home again when I was 19. Just, I just, I knew there was something nice out there in the world. I knew that life couldn't be this miserable, you know. So I, uh, through the years, I would go visit churches. People would say, hey, Lynn, you want to come to church? I'm like, sure, why not? I, you know, I'll listen to anything good, you know. I just, I'll just leave that part about Jesus being the son of God off to the side. You know, just put that off to the side. But I hear all the rest of the stuff is good. I just filter through it. Um, we'd be out. I'd be out, you know, somebody will say, hey, Linda, there's a party tonight, Saturday night. Let's go. Okay, sure. Let's go have fun. Let's go dance. Let's go drink. Let's go have fun. I'm, I'm partying with the choir now. This is with half the choir. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, huh. I'm, I'm with them. I'm, you know. But I'm looking, I'm like, God, these Christians, boy, yeah. They're, uh, boy, you know. This is what Christians do? I'm better off than they are. Look at them. You know, I had, oh, I could, you know, those who are unsaved, those who don't know, really know the Lord, we could point our fingers, fingers, fingers. I'm like, ooh, look at, look what you just did. This one's sleeping with this one's husband. This one is doing this, and this one is doing that. I'm like, wow. But I went to church. We're partying till like 3, 4 in the morning. Church starts at whatever time, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm there. 
They're all nudging each other, trying to stay awake in the choir stand. But I'm sitting there really genuinely like, wow, what is this? This minister is talking about. I want it. What is it? I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it. Do you know not one of them ever sat me down to talk about Jesus Christ? No one ever, you know, they invited me. Hey, come on, let's go hang. That's just another party for me. We're partying Saturday night. I'm partying Saturday morning in church. I'm hanging out with my friends. It just happens to be in this building. One day, some years later, I woke up on a Sunday morning. And I heard this voice that said, go to church. I looked around and I said, what? Said it again. Go to church. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to go to church. I got to go to church. I got to go to church. I couldn't. My life depended on me being in church that day. This, this was just too powerful. I called everyone I knew that goes to church. No one was available or they weren't going. And I, you know, called a friend of mine. I know your mom goes to church every Sunday. Please, I got to go to church. She's not going there today, Linda. I'm like, oh God, I got to go to church. Where do you go? I've been to churches visiting, but I didn't know that like, do they start at the, all churches start at the same time? Can you just walk through the door without being invited? Can you, you know, what do you do? I don't, I know nothing. A baby. When they say a baby, you're a baby. Baby doesn't know anything. I finally found one person. Met her. I was all frantic. I'm thinking, you know, I thought maybe something catastrophic was going to happen. And God wanted me somewhere. I waited and I waited. I was sat in the church and I sat there and oh gosh, I'm like, okay, God, I'm here. Now what? I didn't hear anything. So the following week, I went to a different church. A friend of mine says, okay, this is where I was. And it was not too far from my house. So I said, okay. So we went and I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. I'm like, gosh, you know, just, I don't know what's going to happen. I just know, I mean, if I keep going, God will probably say something. I don't know. I couldn't tell you till today what the pastor said. I couldn't tell you what the choir sang. But all I know is that all of a sudden, my eyes were open. My heart was open. My spirit was open. And instantly, I believed that Jesus is the Son of God. I'm like, of course he's the Son of God. I'm like, oh my gosh, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Oh my gosh, and I didn't know anyone, so I wanted to tell him, I know Jesus, I know Jesus, I know Jesus, I know Jesus. Oh, I'm so excited. So I went, at the time I was married, so I said, I went home, told my husband. I said, guess what? I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He's like, great, great, this is great. Um... I, and I told him about the church, how they have, you, they baptize you right on the spot if you want to accept Christ. And I was like, cause, and you know, I wanted to get baptized because that's what Christians do, of course. They get baptized. So I want to, I want to do it. I'm a Christian now. I want to do this. I want to do the Christian thing. So he's like, so I told him about this church and he's like, really? He's like, and you didn't get baptized? I said, no, I'm going to wait till next week. You know, I'm going to wait. And he says, well, what if something happens to you? And what if, you know, you just, you finally come to this realization and now you didn't get baptized. And what if something happens? I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I was like, should I take the whole week off from work? Maybe I should because I was, 
I was in Chicago at the time, and there's a, there's a river that runs through Chicago, and there are many bridges, and I have to walk across this bridge to get to my job. So I said, what if someone knocks me, I was much lighter then, what if not, someone knocks me over into the, <laughs> into the, into the Chicago River? And, or what if I eat something and I, and I get food poisoning before I could get to that Sunday and get baptized? Oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And, well, I made it through the week. And I forgot what time church started. But all I knew is I got up Sunday. I was frantic. I was like, okay, I got dressed. Got my head a little little kid. He was my son was I think three at the time, and I got him dressed. And we went. And I said, we were the first ones there. I'm waiting in the parking lot. I got to get baptized. They need to hurry up. They need to hurry up. I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm like, gosh, would they hurry? The choir's singing, and oh gosh, hurry. So I'm sitting there, and my son, mommy, 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 I'm hungry. Mommy, I got to go to the bathroom. And mommy, and I'm like, please be quiet. You know, I got to get baptized. Stop, you know. <laughs> so then at the end of service, the pastor had, you know, opened the doors of the church, I guess they call it, and where if you want to accept Jesus Christ, come on down and make that profession and, you know, get baptized. So I was like, yes. And then all of a sudden I got stuck in my seat. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. The pastor says, I'm like in the middle of the church. It's a humongous church. He's like, don't let the devil make you just sit there and not get out of your seat. Don't let him hold you to your seat. I said, boom, instantly I got up. I walked down the aisle toting my child. And I'm carrying my bags, and I'm walking, walking. I'm like shaking, nervous, nervous, because I'm about to do something that's just, you know, phenomenal. So I go, and they take me around to go up these stairs that go up to the baptismal. So I go up the first three steps, and all of a sudden, I hear the voice of the enemy. I hear him say, don't go up those stairs. You can't do this. Don't do this. They're going to kill you. You can't be a Christian. You can't do this. You don't belong to him. You belong to me. I'm shaking, shaking, shaking. I don't know what's happening to me in this stairwell. And of course, my son is quiet during this whole time, right? And all of a sudden, I heard like a And I heard a voice tell me, walk by faith, not by sight. I'm like, what? Walk? I'm analyzing the whole phrase, walk, walk, by faith. I'm analyzing the word faith, not by sight. I was like, okay, all right, okay, okay. And I, I just thought to myself, what has Muhammad done for me lately? Nothing. So I looked up and I saw this woman standing there in white with her arms out like, come on, come on. You know, like she's like, come on up. And I said, I'm doing it. And I ran up the stairs. That was the lady from the baptismal committee and dressed in white, by the way. So... <laughs> I go up there and I'm, I'm just in awe. This whole experience, I'm, I'm just in awe. I get changed and dressed and ready for my baptism and I'm ready to accept Jesus Christ, you know. So I'm standing there waiting and I look at the water and, <clears throat> pardon me, my son's standing with me. He's like, Mommy, is that a swimming pool? I said, <laughs> mm-hmm. He said, Mommy, you going swimming? I said, <laughs> yeah. He said, can I go swimming with you? 
So I turned and said, can he go with me? Because I don't know what this means. All I know is that I'm a Christian. I have to do this, right? They said, no. I said, okay. So, you know, when you're baptized, they take you full submersion, and you're up. That's how, how quick it goes. I felt as if I had been asleep for so long, such a long time. I woke up so rested, so peaceful, so I was floating. I was floating. I could barely speak. So later, I was, I was, when I got dressed and changed, and I'm like, wow, wow, this is fine, this is cool. I was so scared to look down at my feet, honestly. This is, I was, I couldn't see my feet move. I didn't feel my feet move when I was walking. I was scared to look down to see that I was, I thought I was lifted off the ground. I honestly could not feel my feet touch. It was the most awesome experience. Jesus is the way. <laughs> Jesus is the answer. My request to you is please don't let, leave anybody else behind. Those people I used to hang out with left me, left me, left me alone. They, 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 they knew the answer, although they didn't live the way they, the way they should have, but they knew the answer. They didn't share it. They kept it to themselves, which is interesting. It goes along with what Pastor was saying. They kept it. They kept Jesus to themselves. They didn't share him with me. But I'm so glad that the Lord, the Lord brought me here to MBT, where there was genuine love, genuine um, affection. My family does not speak to me. I have a humongous family. I maybe speak to one or two or three members of my family only. They won't speak to me because I'm, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But look what God gave me in return. You all are my brothers and sisters. You all are my uncles, my aunts, and my cousins, and every church I've been a member of, because I've traveled a lot. There, I have a, such a huge family now. I'm not alone. I'm never alone. And I thank you. Thank you. So what about you? What about you? We're blessed to be a blessing. If you're coming around, come to Jesus. Just don't, don't wait another minute. Don't wait another day. Come to Jesus. Let me tell you something, and Linda's story, what I love. Listen, even imperfect examples, even imperfect vessels, God can still use. Even if you're not perfect. Even if you're not all that you think you should be. Listen, I encourage you, come to Jesus. Serve Jesus. Extend a welcome of Jesus to others. Even if all you know is, I was lost, but now I'm found. If all you know is, I was blind, but now I see. If that's all you know, Jesus can use that. Don't let it rot in your life. Don't let the gifts that God gave you, whether it's music or, 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 ta or other talents and other gifts, don't let it rot. Don't let it rot. Um, fill out your yellow cards. I'm going to pray for you. We're about done.
I'm going to ask the hosts to come up. We're going to give our uh, one and only uh, offering for today. Uh, what God does with these finances is really astounding when you hear about thousands of people get being fed and tens of thousands being given groceries. When you hear about uh, just the amazing things that God does um, through the faithful uh, givers of this church, I encourage you, you be that giver. You be, you, you be a part of the blessing. Don't hoard it, your finances for yourself. It'll just spoil. Be generous. I'm going to pray for you, uh, and then I'm going to give you a little bit more direction. To, the uh, singers are going to come up. And so, Father, I do thank you. Uh, I thank you for being so gracious uh, to us, for being so kind to us. I thank you for Linda's testimony that even if you're born and raised in a completely different culture and a completely different background, you are still mighty to save. You are mighty to save. Father, I do pray that uh, we would, as people who see you as King and Lord, ask for the forgiveness of our sins to you, submit our lives to you, live for you with all our hearts. That, Lord, that we would as a community really get down to the business of sharing, helping, and equipping. Help us to do this, O God, for your glory. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen.